Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Welcome to Databank Brawl, the podcast where we learn about Star Wars characters, discuss them, and then make them fight for our amusement. Uh, for regular listeners to Databank Brawl, you'll maybe notice a slightly different amount of uh, other humans in the room cheering and making Star Wars noises. That is because we're recording a live episode at a wonderful convention called Convergence in Minnesota. Uh, my normal co-pilot, Ken Napsok, is not here with us physically, but he is always... Inside me in spirit. I, I could have phrased it differently, and I chose not to. I love you, Ken. Uh, but I have two absolutely wonderful guests with me here who are big Star Wars experts and old friends of mine. I have Molly Glover. Hello. And Jeremy Stomberg. Oh. I'm going to turn this convention around. (laughs) Jeremy is always the heel wherever he goes. So uh, let's start with uh, Molly and give the audience some time to warm up to Jeremy. Uh, (laughs) 
We got one hour. <laughs> Can you tell the listeners a little bit about like who you are, what you do, your Star Wars connections? Absolutely. Uh, well, I've been I like Star Wars ever since I was a little kid. My mom has a picture of me in R two D two underoos, which is pretty great. Uh, but I actually currently I work for Fantasy Flight Games which is a board game, card game, miniatures game company here in Minnesota. I'm a game producer. I was the producer on a little miniatures game called X-Wing. Wow. And uh, I did that for about six months, and now I do more board and card games, but still in the Star Wars universe. And uh, I think the prequels weren't as bad as everyone says, because I like politics. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and Jeremy. Uh, I'm Jeremy Stomper. I think we, t- we discussed that. Yep, right. yep, we covered. Uh, I am one of the founders of this uh, convention. Uh, I went to... Yeah, yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's why you should cheer for me. Um, I, my parents uh, apparently took me to, uh, to Star Wars in 1977 when I was three years old and took me repeatedly to the Northtown Theater uh, next to Northtown Mall. Now it's at Chipotle. Uh, still the, show Star Wars. The, the theater, though. not the yeah. They still show Star Wars, which it's is great because because it, it was the only time they could get me to shut up for two hours, uh, which was nice. And I've just been a, a fan of Star Wars uh, my whole life. And I, I work with uh, with Molly across the across the parking lot in another building, but uh, we're. Well, Molly and I are old friends as well, and uh, yeah, it's... 24 years of friendship, by oh, the way. Good Lord. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ugh. Well, we'll tear that asunder here today. <laughs> <laughs> it will be great. And now, Jeremy, you, uh, working at Fantasy Flight Games, mm-hmm. you have a character, right? You were briefly yeah, yeah. put into canon and then ripped out of canon, is that correct? Uh, <laughs> yeah, sort of. So, when you uh, get to five, year, five years at Fantasy Flight, uh, you get uh, basically a, a picture of you uh, drawn by one of our amazing artists, and uh, I got myself uh, on. You get to pick a, an IP. Yeah, you get to pick yeah. an IP. Okay. And uh, I got, I took a, I got, had a photo of myself taken on uh, one of my scooters, and uh, they put me on a swoop bike. <laughs> and uh, so my my character name is based on my uh, my alter ego that I use for hosting uh, things. I'm the play by play announcer for the Minnesota Roller Girls, and I work for WFDDA.TV. Awesome. Um, as well as uh, pro wrestling uh, ring announcing under the name John Maddening. So my <laughs> Star Wars name is, is Joma Den. Ah, and nice. Yeah, so you can see me in uh, a couple of the uh, Star Wars uh, RPG books from Fantasy Flight, as well as uh, one of the card packs. Cool. And when you see it, you're like, oh, that's Jeremy Stonebrook. Oh, like, it looks uh, just yeah, like, yeah, blue hair. Can I return this book, please? Yeah. <laughs> in my personal story that I want to share, <laughs> oh, God. that's very special of Jeremy, that I want the listeners and the live audience to know here tonight, Jeremy has the honor of being the first person, I think, <laughs> who introduced himself to me by correcting me about Star Wars. This was years and years ago. It was 18 uh, years ago. Well, I didn't, we didn't need to say it out loud. Well, if, I said years I and said years, mine. that's good enough. If I, I had, said mine. If I hadn't been such a dick to you, maybe we would have had a child that would be old enough to see an R-rated movie by now. <laughs> but you ruined that chance. Uh, we were, I, I was doing like a little sketch, I think, to raise money for Convergence at that yeah, point. Yeah, free Convergence. Uh, and... I had read the word Coruscant in a book, but it, the prequels hadn't come out yet, and I said Corsicant, which, in retrospect, is dumb, but a lot of Star Wars names are real, real dumb, uh, and Jeremy's like, hi, I'm Jeremy, it's Coruscant. <laughs> I, I believe that was before well actually came, came into prominence as a term, so I'm lucky well, I didn't actually, actually use that. actually, that came around in about the year <laughs> Well, I went. Ju- I to be to be fair. I had just been at a convention in Madison and spoken with Timothy Zahn, the creator of Cor- No, no, no. Is it pronounced like that? Corsican. Tora. <laughs> yeah, that's pronounced Timothy Zahn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Timothy Zahn. Yeah. Yeah, and you did bring that up right away too, because at first I was going to let the oh the correction slide, and then I was, because I just spoke I, with the author. I did. I felt the need to drop a name. So, you know, to feel more important. Excellent, excellent. Well, now I'm angry again. (laughs) The anger from 18 years ago is back. It it makes us all feel younger. Yeah, Yeah, and I'm I'm ready to fight. Uh, So, Data Bank Brawl here. Uh, What we do is we make the characters fight. Uh, We're going to have a little mini tournament today because we have our fun live show. So what we do is called Data Bank Brawl in particular is because I get this information about the characters right off of StarWars.com Data Bank. So this is juicy, fresh. It is what the actual company, the creators, believe about these characters. Everything that I read to you is from the website, so it is current, fresh, 
canon. None of this bullshit Timothy Zahn stuff. <laughs> That's way out of canon now. Are you guys ready? Oh, I'm so ready. All right, here is your first combatant oh, in our first excited. contact. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It is Droopy McCool. Yes! Oh! God. Droopy McCool? Yes. Droopy McCool. Here is the information. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Don't knock the I'm recorder sorry, over I'm, I'm just so in your excited. Droopy McCool passion. Oh, I'm so excited about this. Please tell me we can swear on your podcast because <laughs> you're presenting me with Droopy McCool. <laughs> yes, uh, you get you get three swears. All right, I'll save them. Okay. Here Tartar is sauce. <laughs> here's what StarWars.com has to say about Droopy McCool. <laughs> Droopy McCool played the Chindakula flute in the Max Rebo band an ensemble that performed his Jabba's Palace Band on Tatooine. A veteran musician, Drooby was used to seedy dives and gigs for unsavory clients, but the depravity he saw in Jabba's court shocked even him. (laughs) 
So uh, we'll start with you, Jeremy. We we first like to talk a little bit about like what the character looked like and your general emotional reaction to the character, which seems fairly positive. Uh, who watches? Uh, who has seen Preacher, the new uh, the new show, or has read the comic? He looks like if our space had been stung by a billion bees. <laughs> he wears uh, he wears some shorts. <laughs> some he likes to shorts. stay cool. Yeah. He, uh, uh, he, yeah. He does look like a a, a big anus. Uh, but. But God, did he play that flute? Yeah, he does. He, he has a lot of pig face, a lot of big flesh rolls. Yeah, it's, uh, it's impressive that he played the flute with his elephantine hands. That have, like well, this. it's not a flute. It's a what, 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 what did you call it's it? It's a chindaku flute. It is a flute with it's a fancy a word in front of it. It's a. It's more like a clarinet slash oboe kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I so, wish I knew what race invented that flute because I'm sure it's based on their physical characteristics sure. to play it. Yeah. Well, I'm mm-hmm. sure that will be fleshed out in Timothy Zahn's <laughs> next novel. Uh, so I feel like we have a general sense of who Droopy McCool is, where he lives, what he looks like. But Jeremy, why are you so excited? Why do you love Droopy McCool? I, I, okay, I love Droopy McCool for this game. I don't know who the other combatant is, but I know that Droopy McCool is going to come into this very angry. <laughs> because when, uh, when, they were, uh, when the initial uh, movies came out, uh, every time they were in like a picture book or a magazine, and I believe on the... Uh, uh, the box set of the of the band. It was called Cy Snoodles and the Max Rebo Band. Mm-hmm. There are three members <laughs> of this band, and two of them are mentioned. Right. It's not a jo- it's not a Josie and the Pussycat situation. It is. It, there is one character that is specifically left out of na- the right. name of the band, yeah. and it is this man. So he has a lot of pent-up rage. Right. The band is everyone but Droopy McCool. Yep. He's ready to beat people <laughs> with a flute. All right. And Molly, do you have any emotional reaction to Droopy McCool? Did you immediately know who we were talking about? I did not, but but upon looking him up and hearing Jeremy's impassioned plea, <laughs> plus his, I mean, his dire description, I have to say, I don't, I disagree, Jeremy. He's not full of rage. He is swamped with depression and ennui. <laughs> He can barely get out of bed in the morning anymore. Ever since the band broke up, he's got nothing. And he, the depravity he saw has made him really judge the condition of, of the Galactic Empire. I think he's got nothing. I think he's going to droop his sad ass in there. And he's going to be droopy Mick... Uh, droopy Mick... What, what's the word that's... Uh, crazy. Droopy Mick crazy. That's what we'll go with. <laughs> his twin brother. Yeah. Droopy Mick crazy. Uh, droopy Mick cool will be fighting... Brew Lars. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Here's what StarWars.com has to say about old Aunt Brew. As a young shy girl, Brew White Sun's aspirations did not reach beyond Tatooine. Mean. She was... <laughs> so judgmental. She was content to marry Owen Lars and lead the wow. tough life of a moisture farmer. This is really depressing. <laughs> Brew also fulfilled the role of guardian and substitute mother to young Luke Skywalker. Substitute mother? (laughs) (laughs) Only on weekdays, yeah. (laughs) And repeatedly voiced her support for his dream of joining his friends at the Academy. Brew (laughs) fell victim to the Empire when Imperial Stormtroopers raided the family farm in search of droids thought to have top-secret plans for the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star. So that's what uh, that's what they say about Brew. They really paint a sad picture of her life. Yeah, like, I, I hope that no one, like after I'm dead, is like Molly Glover, who was content to marry Nick Glover in Little Life of Comedy. Like, ugh, poor woman. A substitute drinker on the yeah. main. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm shocked that they said substitute mother because it was very clear she raised him. Yeah, from yeah. birth. Pretty much birth. Yeah. So. Yeah, adoptive. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. Fine. That's, it's not uh, even like an Aunt May situation where no. you know it was young Peter Parker. It, I mean, like pretty much he brought him in swaddling clothes to <laughs> yeah. to Beru and and, and, and Owen. He's a baby. Who, Tell who, nobody. Who weren't married at the time. So <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. Oh, were they not? Mm, they were not. Yes. Oh, yeah. The Tatooine's got some loosey goosey rules. So what are your what are your emotions about Aunt Brew? How do you feel about Aunt Brew? I, I like Aunt Brew. I feel like she's a tough survivor, uh, and also that she put up with Luke's whiny teenage ass is amazing. It's an testament to her her toughness. I think she's gonna whoop Drookie, Droopy McCool. All right. <laughs> Drookie McCool. Whatever. <laughs> Whoever that guy is. Our space flute master. All right. <laughs> 
Jeremy, do you have emotions? Did uh, Aunt Brew stir something in young Jeremy when you were at the Chipotle movie theater all those years ago? Um, you know, as one of the two women in uh, New Hope, uh, <laughs> except if you're thinking of Muftak and Cabe, of course, in the uh, and the, the Tonica sisters, but the, the only one of the two with lines. Yes. Uh, I, I I liked Aunt Brew. I thought she was I thought she was great. I had a I had a, a wonderful home life with uh, with two uh, loving parents. So to see uh, the, uh, the the depiction of of Luke as you know like the uh, Uncle Owen not being a great parent, yeah. Baru mm-hmm. adding that extra love that uh, that he so love. needed. Yeah, an extra substitute love that he so substitute love. She was a caring individual, and uh, I, I have nothing. I have nothing but good feelings about Beru Lars Nave. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I always responded to her because she was so like kind and supportive of Luke. And then there's just those brief moments where she just shoots hate out of her eyes <laughs> at her stupid husband. Hey, she was content. She no, was content to marry The them. rest of her face was. Her <laughs> eyes were not content. Maybe we're putting the wrong emphasis. She was content to marry <laughs> but now realizes she's... But 20 years later. Yeah. What have I done? All right, well, now is the time where they must fight. So, guys, where did Droopy McCool and Brew Lars cross paths? I would assume Tatooine. Yeah, that, that was the yeah. only place they really could have, because uh, she, she doesn't have any aspirations to, to, to leave, leave Tatooine. No. <laughs> she, if she does, she buries them deep, deep yeah. down, we know like she, whatever vegetable thing she's putting in that machine. <laughs> her, her Mr. Fusion. Her she, Mr. Wants, Fusion. she wants to operate her time machine to get back and say, maybe I won't be content anymore it's to marry kids, Yeah, so I think, yeah, Baru stays around home a lot. So yeah. I think this is, I think Droopy McCool, uh, in the days before uh, the terrible burning of the Lars homestead, I think Drippy McCool is maybe like, I'm, I'm done with this band. I'm done not being respected. I'm going to be a wandering troubadour. <laughs> and I'll go to Homestead to Homestead to see if anyone wants to hear me play my flute. But this was four years before he was seen in, in Return of the Jedi. Sure. So, she could, because we have an end date for Beru Lars. We right. don't have an end date for, or a beginning date, really, for, for Droopy McCool. Well, and this is a fight where we kill characters, so sometimes canon doesn't work out too oh, well. Oh, shucks. <laughs> well, I guess there, there's a possibility where they met up before Droopy was so disillusioned with, mm-hmm. with the depravity of Jabba's sure. realm, and it was before he joined that band. Maybe he was making his name when Baru was a youngster, and that's when they fight. And that's, and that's uh, he, maybe no one dies, but they're just so badly beaten that Droopy McCool has to flee. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's paint that vivid picture <laughs> for the audience. So right. we're going to say, I want, you know what, damn it, I, I like the interpretation that he's angry. All right. I think that he is angry. Right. I think he is not respected for his amazing flute <laughs> abilities. I think he's been to homestead after homestead. No one wants to hear his goddamn flute. They're repulsed by his appearance, and that's racist. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's I'm going to be respected. Yeah. Yep. Even if she doesn't want to hear my flute, she's going to treat me with respect. Exactly. Yeah. And I think uh, that Owen has just been a jerk. <laughs> he's out there tending to his moisture farming, and she's mad, and he comes to the door, and what instigates their actual conflict, Jeremy? What is, paint the picture of the conversation. These are both people who are already angry, if and they have to let it out. I mean, if you've ever been to a bar uh, in, a, in an urban area late at night, and someone comes in selling flowers, you know, you know what I'm talking about, yes. I think that maybe Droopy went to Chalman's Cantina in Moss Eisley, and thought, well, you know, there's a bunch of biffs up there. His deep-seated racism against mm. other play, mm-hmm. other people who play wind instruments. Uh, so I'm never going to get a job when there are biffs playing. Right. He decides to to head out into uh, into the wilderness and pops upon the only homestead he sees. Knocks on the door. Says, "Can I can I get some work here? I what can you do? I can play the flute. I can play the flute." And, and Baru says. You know, we're a moisture farm here. We have no need for flute players unless you speak bocce. And, and I'm sorry, but Droopy McCool has been around this galaxy uh, playing music everywhere. He, he never learned to speak bocce. But I think he is so full of himself that he says, I can't speak it, but I can play bocce on my flute. <laughs> yes. If you hum a few bars. And I think he starts playing, and I think Brew has had it. And oh, I think yeah. she tries to shut the door, and he puts his little elephantine foot and yeah. hand in there. Sticks it in there. It's a big, it. doughy foot. So you're getting into a physical conflict mm-hmm. where now Droopy McCool is trying to enter the home yeah. to play bocce. 
What does Brew do next, Molly? I think what Brew does is uh, she reaches out to the just to the left of her. She knows there's always some sort of vegetable there, just something, <laughs> just something, and she grabs it and she just sort of stuffs it in his face, mm-hmm. and then she reaches and she grabs his flute and pulls it through the door to shut the door. Now mm. she's got the flute. He's on the other side of the door, but his foot's still in there. And okay. I think she's wielding the flute like a weapon now, but maybe a hostage, depending on how much he loves it. Right. Yeah. So she just took everything from yeah, him. Yeah. Because all he has is all shorts has. and a flute. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She, she took everything from him like, like Tatooine took her dreams. Mm. Just, just snatched it out of him. Was that, was that a little too close to home for some of you guys or something? Like <laughs> yeah, so I think this is, this is perhaps one of the saddest fights we've had. <laughs> On Data Big Brawl, because these are two nice characters. These are two nice characters pushed to their limit. And they have to be pushed to their limit because of time constraints here on the podcast. Uh, So I think that Droopy tries to force his way in. And at this point, like, at first, Brew is just like, I'm going to take the flute because i got to end this. I I can't stand hearing any more noise coming from any male sentient species. (laughs) I'm I'm done with the gender. And at this point, it's a home invasion, right? So she just, she needs to put that flute somewhere. So... The only real choice. Is she going to use the flute as a battering weapon or a stabbing weapon? That's my question to you, Jeremy. That's a great question. I I think that uh, uh, on Tatooine and other desert-based planets, we see people that use sticks a lot for weapons. Right. You have Rayon Jakku using that bow staff. You have Tusken Raiders with their graffiti sticks. Uh, You have... Uh, Luke in his original, uh, uh, un, you know, uh, cut appearance. Yes. Uh, with that ridiculously long rifle that ha- has no real uh, uh, purpose other than actually, you know, using it as a stick. So I think Tatooine natives are used to using staves as mm. weapons. Okay, but how does she beat or stab? That's her choice in this moment. That's a toughie. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think you know she grabs it. She grabs it with with the uh, with the two hands uh, to pull it out of his of his hand. And probably he was probably still playing. Well, you know, so he has to pull out of his his mouth as well. So she has it in her hands. It's easy to just whack a mole. Okay, whack a mole. So his little his little foot and head is coming through the door, and she's just beating him about yeah. the head with his own flute. About the head with his own flute. And he's like, "This is why I'm called Droopy." As many, <laughs> this kind of stuff always happens to me. And yeah. and that's uh, strangely enough in the Star Wars universe, that's how many jizz musicians do <laughs> die by beat to death with their own instruments. Jizz musicians. That is the actual is name. Jizz of the wailing. Music. You are shortening it to jizz. <laughs> For comedic, for comedic convenience. Effect, absolutely. But. God, I love Star Wars. <laughs> okay. So she is beating this jizz man. Yes. Molly. She is beating. Uh, now, we, have, we do have to keep time in mind because yes, yes. this is a tournament. So, she's beaten, beaten. Yeah, yeah. Does he fight back or is this truly just a sad, sudden death? I, I, we, I think that we know he goes on, and, and so I think it's going to end up in a stalemate. Does one have to beat the other? Does it have to happen? Yeah, I'm kind of right. feeling in a violent mood today, so yeah, someone's going to die. All right, so she, she's going to beat him. She's going she's gonna to hit him just in the... She doesn't realize what she's doing, because she's used to hitting you know, humans and fending mm. off Tusken Raiders. Right, and, and just so all she, these emotions come yeah, out. Yeah, and she just, she just takes the flute, and she bludgeons him in just the right spot for his, his species. It just right... Just, oh. He's down. Yeah. He's like a sack of, of wet elephantine potatoes. <laughs> and he, just, he hits the sand, and she can shove him through, close the door. She bolts all the bolts, and uh, now she has this bloody flute she has to hide from, from Owen. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Jeremy, do you agree with this, or do you feel like Droopy McCool should win this contest? I think that, well, I don't think he should necessarily win, but I think he should put up a little more of a fight than that. Uh, or not necessarily a fight, but he should take a little more punishment than that. He is, <laughs> he is, he's he is, <laughs> he is, you want him tortured? he is very doughy. Yeah. He can take a lot of hits. Okay. Over so, and over and over and over and over again. Let's just say she hits him a lot. Okay. Yeah. So that's what you want to happen. You don't want the outcome to change in this incredibly sad no, battle. No, you no, just no. want it to be more sad. I think, it, well, be, because no matter no matter what happens, we know what happens next. Because if if you know when when Beru wins, she still has her sad existence. So if she wins, she's awesome. like, well, that was a little bit of fun on an otherwise drudge or do day, you know. And she goes back to you know whatever she does with those with those vegetables. And uh, I, I shouldn't have said. <laughs> 
For those of you at home, I'm uh, making an awful gesture right now, and I didn't intend to do so. She lowers a phallic vegetable into a machine that clearly cuts it apart. She is expressing herself. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think they get the blue milk? You know, it's... it's uh... Okay, I think in the... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut to the chase, and yeah. I feel like Drippy McCool, we agree, has been beaten to a horrible death. Rue feels a little yeah. guilty about it, but then moves on. Yeah. yeah. Because it's a hard life, and sometimes wandering musicians get beat to death, <laughs> and you never tell anyone, and that's just life on Tatooine. The cor- and, you know, the corpse may be bloated, but uh, he, all- he looks basically the same. <laughs> so he's just resting. It's a weekend at Bernie's kind of situation. Maxed out. <laughs> she just props him up. All right. <laughs> So poor Droopy is down. It is Aunt Brew. Uh, we are going to move on to our next contest. All right. Are you guys ready for your right. next combatant in round two? Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> it is very stressful, isn't it? Uh, I do not know, Jeremy, okay. the correct pronunciation. So by all means. I'll probably correct you. Oh, I know you will. <laughs> it is Malakali, the Rancor Keeper. Uh, I believe it's Malachi. Am I am I correct in that? No, because no. you're missing an L. Okay. Malakili. Isn't that isn't that the 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 girl uh, from Pakistan who became a no no Malala? Yeah. Malala. Oh, okay. All right. Nope. No. <laughs> no. She's not a, a leader of a, no, no, her a dad child. No, Billy Ray Cyrus. It's, oh, there we go. It's very yeah. good the audience doesn't have a flute because they might hit you with it. All right, our combatant is uh, Malakili, we're going to say. Yeah, yeah, Malakili, yeah. the Rancor Keeper. Yes. This oh. is what uh, databank.com says about him. A burly human, Malakili tended to Jabba the Hutt's menagerie, mm-hmm. including the galactic gangster's prized pet, Rancor. Despite the Rancor's vicious nature, Malakili cared about the beast. He was shocked when Luke Skywalker killed his monstrous charge and wept at its demise. Yep. This is Jesus. so sad. This is the saddest databank I didn't ever. expect God. it to be this sad, but it is. <laughs> you know, if you're a Star Wars fan, this character is famous uh, for crying when the Rancor died. Uh, and dancing a little bit. He's, he has some yeah, fun dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, does, do either of you want to describe for the listening audience physically what he looks like? Uh, you said a burly human, so I'm going to describe him. I, I don't remember what he looked like exactly. Is, should I just make it up, or should you talk to Jeremy? I'll, I'll talk to Jeremy. Do you, right. want, do you want to look it I'll up? Look it up. And then you Perfect. can give us a nice, juicy right. description. Perfect. What were your uh, sort of feelings about this character? Uh, he, was a, he, was a, uh, he was a comedic foil. He was, <laughs> in there, he was in there for comedic effect. He was a pudgy gentleman. Uh, <laughs> another doughy. Gentlemen, a large, a, a, a large belly, uh, some kind belly. of, uh, uh, yeah, some kind of, uh, what do you, what do you call those, those kind of, those flowy, almost parachute pants. Yeah, but how uh, did he make you feel? He he made me feel like I wasn't the biggest goof in the world Aww. because there he was. <laughs> uh, so you, young Jeremy sat in the theater saying, "I'm better than I'm that better guy. Than, I'm better than one person in this movie. <laughs> I feel good about my body." I feel like if we're going to describe both uh, uh, Droopy McCool as Doughy, mm-hmm. we can't describe Malakili as Doughy. He is he. What he is is he's the he's the gladiator gone to gone to fat. Like yeah, he's got all the muscle true, and the slab, and, uh, and and then he's he's got a Street Fighter style headband, or maybe Naruto for you kids. Yeah, Nar- Naruto boy, I'm old. Uh, and uh, I liked his. Uh, he's got these upper arm bands that that serve no purpose because they're not armor and they're not. Anything that's going to help your arms lift anything. It's kind of like the ultimate warrior. Yeah. 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 He looks like he could have wandered off of either a wrestling competition or maybe an 80s music video. Yeah. Because he is kind of oiled up. He's clean shaven with long hair, which I always find interesting in a fantasy setting. Because it means that they, uh, they shave one thing and not the other, which <laughs> is very, very modern. <laughs> I'm sure that will come into play in how yeah. he fights. He probably oh, it's works at, come into play. He probably works at the Renaissance Festival. And they, don't, they don't care about accuracy. No, they all so. have <laughs> And here is who he will be fighting. Oh, boy. Who is not sad. I was hoping you'd fight on Peru. <laughs> well, Maybe it's a tournament, so yeah, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, it yeah, depends yeah. on who wins. Whoever wins this contest will fight on Peru. Uh, but he, right now, Malakili will fight Tebow the Ewok. <laughs> it's amazing when the least sad character is the Ewok. <laughs> Here's what StarWars.com has to say about Tebow. It's very impressive. 
In Ewok Scout, Tebow led the hunting party that captured Han Solo, Chewbacca, Luke Skywalker, C-3PO, and R2-D2 in a net. Disliking the look of Solo, Tebow gave him several pokes with a spear. <laughs> he then brought his captives back to Bright Tree Village to be cooked for a banquet in C-3PO's honor. <laughs> R2-D2, objecting to this treatment, shocked Tebow repeatedly once freed. Tebow leads a violent life. <laughs> it's all poking and shocking for Tebow. Tebow also sounded the horn, summoning the Ewoks to fight the stormtroopers and made amends with R2 after the rebel victory. I'm glad he made up with the robot. That's, I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted a happy ending. Yeah, yeah. Because the droid knows. <laughs> so uh, do you have Tebow pulled up there? I do have Tebow pulled up. Give us a up. physical description of Tebow. Uh, Tebow has sort of a... a his, he looks more leathery than your average Ewok because his fur is kind of a grayish-brown, and uh, he's wearing... He's wearing some beast as a as a hood. Like, he's skinned a beast's head, uh, a la, like, like, a, like, Savage from the comics, and he's got a crystal-tipped spear. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like... Well, uh, it's he's like fancy. A, yeah, he's, yeah pretty, he's pretty awesome, and he's wearing leathers, and uh, he, he kind of has it... He looks kind of like if the Crypt Keeper and a regular Ewok were mixed. He's got this... He looks like he's carved out of wood, but he looks crazy. Uh, he looks like... <laughs> he's, got, he's got murderous eyes. He, he looks like he's doing a Willow cosplay. I don't mean like the oh, character yeah. Willow. Like but, if an older Ewok was doing the Willow but cosplay. I don't mean like the actual Willow, but I mean the... What, what's what's his name? The the, the you know the, the the scary looking one with the horns and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the scary looking one from Willow. Yeah, is Ewoks go? He is a he's very violent, very competent Ewok. Yeah. You know, because sometimes they kind of blur together. But then when you pick out this particular Ewok and all of his accomplishments, all the poking and the shocking and the catching <laughs> and the summoning with the horns, very impressive. Molly, do you have any emotional feelings about Tebow? Were yeah. you an Ewok fan as a child? Uh, no, I wasn't. I was I was a kid and I just didn't. I thought I. As a kid, as I was about six or so, I think I said to my mom that it felt like pandering. I, I knew a lot of big words, and I just didn't like it. I was like, they only, they only like it because they think I should like it because I'm a kid. My mom was like, you don't have to like it. And I was like, I don't like them. Like, but I think he, he inspires sort of a weird fear and loathing in me because he looks... He looks like if a Japanese ghost girl was an Ewok. And, he, and, and I just, I feel like he, he does not like me. Like, he, he's, the, he's what they turn into after midnight. Like, I'm not okay. interested. Oh, yeah, I'm not yeah, interested. Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah, he scares me. How about you, Jeremy? Did he make you feel better about yourself? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was, he, I think, he really, he's the, uh, the, Ewok, the Ewok's redeeming member. He's the one that actually is scary. Okay. He's the one that actually has, I, I, I think, that could cause some damage uh, when he launches an arrow at duroplasteel armor that kind of <laughs> that kind of hits it at a 45 degree angle and sloughs off and the stormtrooper would fall down. Um, I, I can believe it if he was the one that shot that arrow. Because you just think he has that He's power. a badass. Yeah. All right. He's a badass. Laminate bruises are no joke. I'll tell you right now, like, it hurts under there. <laughs> All right. So this one is going to be a little bit more exotic uh, because there's got to be a reason that Malakili, I think, is on Endor. Uh, I'm going to say that Malakili, since he is in charge of menageries, he's looking for more exotic beasts yes. to bring to Java. So I'm going to say he's going on Endor. He is looking for something exotic. He's heard right. tale of these murderous teddy bears. <laughs> and he thinks maybe Jabba would like one to go with the Rancor. Point of order, may I ask, is this um, post his beloved Rancor being murdered by the rebel Luke Skywalker? Or, or No, I think just to bring a little bit of happiness into yeah. this podcast, mm, let's say the alive. Rancor isn't dead yet. All right, so all right. So just whistling a happy tune, <laughs> walking through the woods of Endor. But, going, he's, look, but he's looking to replace him? No, 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 he's no, looking no, no. something else. Okay, it's a, see, here's the thing. Menagerie. Yeah, this is why I like having the exact words from uh -huh. uh, the databank. Brawl, it Jabba the Hutt's menagerie, so sure. it, it suggests that he's got a bunch of weird creatures. Mm -hmm. And if Luke had time, I'm sure he would have killed all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but he just killed the Rancor. I'm looking forward to the Tennessee Williams version of this. <laughs> <laughs> Kill them all, Luke Skywalker, <laughs> by Tennessee Williams. Uh, all right, so he's, he's happily walking through the forest. He's literally whistling a happy tune, looking for uh, an Ewok to capture. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Molly. Yes. He encounters Tebow. How does uh, that happen? I think that Tebow's been stalking his quarry for some time up in the trees, but then 
this uh, juicy, burly human just wanders through wearing nothing but a loincloth and some bicep bracelets. And uh, he's, uh, because the parachute pants are more of a thing that you wear in the palace. I think that okay. the, the loincloth is jungle travel clothes for this, for, uh, for Malakili. So you think he has fewer clothes? Yes, it's, All way, right. it's way warmer on Endor. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a hot day, it's the forest, there's bugs, you know, it's, it's I, I imagine. There's mosquitoes with another name, you know, it's... <laughs> So space Tebow's, mosquitoes, space I think. Mosquitoes. <laughs> so I think Tebow's up in the tree, and he spots him, and uh, he fires an arrow, but it's more of a warning shot, and it just whizzes past his head, past Malakili's head. Okay. Malakili looks up and sees him. Now, why is it a warning shot? Do you think, uh, Jeremy, you can weigh in on this. Do you think that Tebow wants to eat him? Mm. Do you think he wants to kill and eat him immediately, or is he more curious? Well, I think that uh, you, you've seen that Ewoks are... Uh, are carnivorous creatures. They mm-hmm. they uh, take on humanoids. They want they will eat a humanoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you know he set out he set out uh, the same net uh, okay. that he that he got for the rebels. But uh, unlike Chewbacca, Mal- Malakili didn't actually go for that meat because after all the disgusting things that he's seen in Jabba's mm-hmm. palace, Malakili is a vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So at this point, uh, Te- you're saying then that Tebow is stalking him because he is clearly a creature of intelligence. He's walking around. He's, he, 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 he's like, whoa, there's a, there's a net here. I, mm-hmm. I won't be picked up by some silly trap like that. I know where the trap door is in Jabba's palace. I step yeah. away from that. I'm going to walk through this forest. He's, he is a trapper. He's he's yeah. a, 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 a crocodile hunter, rancor hunter. Yep. And uh, if he's picked up a if, he, if he's been able to uh, to capture and tame a rancor, mm-hmm. I mean he he's got to be pretty confident in his ability to grab an Ewok. Uh, right. Uh, but maybe he's not sure about the Ewoks. Right. So uh, an arrow goes flying past him. How does he react then? Does he go charging for the source of the arrow? Because uh, they got to fight. I, I I think maybe he. I don't think he's going to start crying just yet. <laughs> but I think it's more of a, what? He is, he is a little slow to react on numerous occasions in, in Return of the Jedi. He could have, he could have closed that ga- ga- gate a little earlier, but he didn't. Uh-huh. He, could have, he could have called the Rancor back in. He could have gotten one of the members of his menagerie to help out the Rancor to go out and take on Luke Skywalker, but he didn't. He's a little slow to react, so that's going to be, I think, his downfall. Okay, so I just want to get this straight. Yes. In this exciting, <laughs> action-packed fight, yeah. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. you have decided... That this character should react very slowly. Very slowly. Yeah. Very slowly. Excellent. Uh, so, yes. the arrow whizzes past with great excitement, yes. and then very slowly, and in a generally chipper manner, yeah. he says, <laughs> And then Tebow says, this is going to be easy. He right. says, yeah, he says in Ewok, the most dangerous game. And, <laughs> and, he, and he knocks another arrow. Can, and... you, can you say that in Ewok? <laughs> No. <laughs> I, 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 thought, I thought that was what they, when, when they said yub yub. I thought that oh, yub, every yub time they said the yub yub, it's the most dangerous game. game. Which that song, man, at the end. Oh yeah. boy. That song just turned into like a Nine Inch Nails song. <laughs> wow. I want to eat you like an animal. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the arrow whizzes past. Ooh, reaction, and the most dangerous game knocks another arrow. This one, I think, he's he's made himself very clear. You know, he's like, I'm here, and, he, and he's showing the arrow, and I think that uh, Malakili decides that he needs to run. He's terrified. He's having the reaction I have. He's looking up and seeing his Teddy Ruxpin nightmares, like, made flesh in a tree with an arrow pointing at his face. Right, because he's used to going after beasts that don't necessarily have a huge amount of intelligence. Right. In and the, he's like, this yeah. thing is wearing something it previously killed on its yeah. head. In the Star Wars RPG, uh, the beasts that Malakili deals with would be lowercase, because they're creatures, but Ewoks are uppercase, they're a species. <laughs> so, they can think and reason. He is now meeting someone who can, can actually you, hunt him Please back. bring as much RPG knowledge. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, Malakili turns and runs. Yes. He says... I'm gonna run, right? He runs very like slowly. I think, I think you're absolutely correct. The whistle dies in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what, so what actually physically happens next? He's slowly running, and at He's this point, running. I think Tebow needs to make a decision, like, do I want to play with my food before I eat it? Because he knows that he can capture and kill him. I mean, Malakili is... He's, he is a smart guy. Mm-hmm. He's been a, he's he's been a hunter, and now he's the hunted. I don't think he's gonna pull. A, I don't think he's gonna pull a Rickon. He's gonna actually zigzag <laughs> back and forth <laughs> and avoid arrows. Okay. Serpentine, serpentine. 
So there is a slow, deadly battle <laughs> of Malakili, the Rancor Keeper, zigzagging through the strangely open field of Endor. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's little paths that go, it's like a nature preserve. It's a glade. Okay. It's a glade. And at yeah. this point then, Tebow says in Ewok, oh, oh game is God, off. I only have so many arrows. I'm right. only three feet tall. How am I supposed to carry all these arrows? Right, so he's run out of arrows at this point. He's probably, because... I think he's going to start running after him. Right, so, oh, so Tebow is now running after him. Do you think that the Ewok is going to run on two legs, or is he going to go down on all fours? Because that would be really fearsome, I think. I, I, think, I think he's going to run... Just lobbing across. Yeah, I think he's going to do the, uh, the koala bear thing, because uh, they're kind of like koala bearish. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get down, he's going to run on the four legs, and then uh, do a flying leap. Mm. At, at uh, Malakili's back, and yeah. just like and I attach think, onto him like Yoda style. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what he goes for. I think he. he this is. The, the, I'm going to have nightmares about this. He walks on all fours. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's on all fours. He goes for the back. Uh, at this point, uh, we know Malakili uh, is always oiled up, oh, and yeah. now he's real sweaty from the zigzag. And, uh, so I think that Tebow actually slides off, and he grabs the loincloth, and he pulls the loincloth oh, right off of Malakili. Yeah, yeah copper tone Yeah, doc. like a copper tone ad. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 Two sons. Yeah. SPS. <laughs> <laughs> So the twin sons of Malakili are racing through Endor. Tebow, I think, says this this loincloth is a part of my trophy. He puts that on his head. Yeah, yeah. 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 Loves the smell because he's an Ewok. They're just like little gross beasts. Yeah, and then I think that uh, Malakili makes it to his shuttle, and I think he gets in his shuttle, and he thinks it's safe. That was terrifying. I'm going to come back with a million people, and we're going to capture that guy. He's flying away in his shuttle. He thinks it's safe. But then he hears something coming from the back. Absolutely, I think I think that uh, Tebow is able to get into to sneak into that shuttle through some sort of uh, venting and just kind of worm his way in. He's a very small, dude. He's got those he's got those claws. He's probably starting to rip uh, rip wires apart to try to take take <laughs> like, that shuttle down. He'll go like down the, with the shuttle, like the gremlin in Twilight Zone. Exactly <laughs> on the plane wing. <laughs> Yeah, something on the way. So, so you do you think at this point Tebow just wants to bring him back down to yeah. the planet? I, I think they haven't escaped the atmosphere yet. I don't think he understands that necessarily that he will die as well if that mm. ship crashes. Okay, he just, he just so he he thinks he's going to take this metal bird and just take it down. Uh, yeah, okay. So I think he rips it apart with his little Ewok claws and his fury. Uh, the shuttle is now crashing back towards the trees of Endor, yeah. and I think at this point the combat is going to be decided when they realize we need to wrestle about, Tebow knows what falling is, so now he knows he's in trouble. Yeah. And he knows that I just need to get this large humanoid under me mm-hmm. to brace my fall. Yeah. And then I will survive. And then I will eat him for months. Now keep in mind, uh, now Malachi is naked. So it, it, there's a whole different set of situations that, you're, that he's thinking about here. So there's... There's a Is there? <laughs> He's human. There's there's a there's another point to grab onto. The penis. Well, I didn't want to I didn't want to say there are children in the well, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's able to just yeah I think he's able to, to take whatever uh, points are mm. and, and remember the the claws he can he can sink his claws oh, into the oh. flesh like a drop bear into right. the flesh of of Malakili. Right. And hold on and kind of maneuver him. Yeah, I think we're I think we're beyond the sort of euphemism event horizon. I think you just be clear with the audience. What you're saying no, is No, no, no. I'm I'm back to him actually like going into his like soft belly. Okay. Uh, maybe his rump. But some you know, moving moving him to create this kind of waterbed that he can land on when the ship lands. Okay, so I think we're at the moment of decision. Yeah. It's going to crash, and either Tebow is going to be on the bottom or Malachi on the bottom. Yeah. Rancor Keeper on the bottom or Ewok on the bottom. Which do you think it should be and why, Molly? I think Malakili on the bottom, and also with the, uh, the added bonus of Tebow's crystal-tipped staff mm. being, being uh, just coincidentally between them, and it just happens to impale Malakili. Just yeah. to make it clear so that, because I think that what's going to happen, he's such a, a muscle with fat on top, that uh, Mel- uh, Tebow is going to just kind of bounce off him when they land. On impact, he's just going to hit him and, and kind of bounce off, but the, the crystal tip staff will go through Malakili 
killing him instantly. <laughs> and Tebow bounces off a few ways and then wakes up and realizes that he's victorious. Yeah. Normally people, when they come on the podcast, they're a little shy about killing characters. Oh. And Molly, it's great that you want to double down, like, I want to make sure they really get hurt when they oh, die. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm... I feel like people die in Star Wars a good amount, and that that could happen more. Yeah, because it's it's a it's a violent world. It is a time of civil war. <laughs> so, All right, yeah. so Malakili is going to die. He's the dead. only question left for you, Jeremy. Simple question. Yes. In his last moments, as he is crashing down, speared by a monster bear, <laughs> does he weep? I don't. I don't think he he sobs as openly as he does when the uh, when the rancor dies. But I think that it's going to be a single tear, kind of like Iron Eyes Cody, he see, who sees the litter on the side of the road. A single tear goes down his cheek. And plus, that is a, that's a hell of a final shot for a, for a film or a television yeah. show. Yeah, because this whole thing is a pitch for a movie, for sure. And then, <laughs> that's Star Wipe to something else. <laughs> All right. And so, uh, Tebow is our victor. Yay! Yay. Which means we have a wonderful and not surprising battle <laughs> for our, uh, our tournament to wrap up with Aunt Brew versus Tebow. Oh. Now, this is, uh, is going to be even more difficult. Now, do we want Aunt Brew to have left Tatooine, or has Tebow <laughs> stolen the shuttle and learned to fly? Well, maybe the, you know, the shuttle has uh, the coordinates for Jabba's Palace already pre-programmed oh, yeah. in. So it's like, well... I'm done with this world. Heads off to maybe find his fortune. He, he's killed an off-worlder, and okay. uh, he has a ship. Maybe it goes back to Tatooine. I like the idea. No, you know what? Honestly, if it's, pre if it's pre-programmed with Jabba's coordinates, he goes to Jabba's palace where Aunt Brew also goes because the flute has a number on the back that says, please return. Oh. <laughs> and so I, she's like, you know, she's actually a good person. I always forget to look yeah, at the flute. Yeah, the yeah. flutes are expensive. So yeah. she... The capoeira flute, or what was it? What was, what and there's was not a lot of mailboxes that she can just drop it in. Exactly, so. exactly. So she, she takes it back to Jabba's palace, and that's where they, that's where they find each other, right. I think, is maybe like down in some sub-basement, mm -hmm. like an auxiliary janitor's closet or something. <laughs> okay, so Tebow's uh, broken-up shuttle lands, and he just mm -hmm. saunters into Jabba's palace. Now, has Brew successfully got anything out of bringing this flute back? Uh, I, I, she hasn't quite returned it yet. She still is armed with the flute. Okay. Yeah, I think so it's important. Tebow walks in and he sees a strong, spirited, but upset with life yeah. warrior with a flute <laughs> spear. Dry everywhere. Like, in his a mind, bloody, that's a... A bloody flute spear. A yeah. bloody yeah. flute yeah. spear. Oh, yeah. So and, well, this is somebody I gotta, I gotta watch out for. Right. He yeah. immediately sees Brew as yeah. a threat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. How does Brew react to the murderous teddy bear? Uh, I think it's bemusement. <laughs> uh, you know, she, there's a lot of crazy creatures on Tatooine. She's seen she's seen a lot of stuff over the years. I mean, she knows that the 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 kid that dropped off uh, the or I'm sorry the the, uh, the 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 kid that was dropped off with her is the son of the most evil person in the galaxy right now. <laughs> so she knows there's some danger out there. Right. So she sees a fluffy teddy bear, and I think like a, a lot of us who in 1983 saw those. She doesn't think it is much of a threat. Okay, okay. Uh, Molly, yes. do you think that she, that Aunt Brew, having committed what I think is probably her first murder, mm. <laughs> does she think that was actually pretty fun? <laughs> does she think, not only will I get a reward, but maybe this is a place I can go to quietly kill, and then I'll come home, and I won't kill my husband. Yeah, I think oh. she's. I think uh, in a similar, you know, similar to Dexter, she's found an outlet for her rage now, and, right. and she's realizing that that maybe she won't kill Lar uh, Owen Lars if she goes home, yeah. having made some, you know, gotten that this murder impetus out of her. Yeah. Uh, I think also she she's dealt with a lot of, uh, I believe, womp rats. Probably. I mean, yeah. Luke dealt with them. She's probably dealt with her fair oh, yeah. share. So I imagine she's seeing uh, she's seeing him as kind of a rodent. Thing. And he's even smaller than a womp rat because we yeah. know we oh, know yeah. the size of a womp rat we do. from, from <laughs> yes, her we do. from her sometime son. Exactly, her substitute, <laughs> so, substitute son. Yes. Pardon me. But Tebow, Tebow, I think, just looks like some sort of pest to her, and she's yeah. thinking that maybe when she turns this flute in, 
she can be like, also, I killed your, you know, your yeah. dumb rat problem, and they'll give her a double reward. Yeah. All right, so oh, she yeah. sees it as actual vermin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I think she sizes it up. I think she's feeling her oats, yeah. uh, and I think when she sees a little rat creature, I think maybe she holds the flute up aggressively and oh, like yeah. snarls. Yeah, hands. Yeah. Yeah. And how does Tebow react? Does Tebow come at her, or do, do they start circling to size one another up? <laughs> well, I, I think... There's a, there's a problem with Aunt Beru's movement because she is wearing a long skirt. Mm. Yes. And a blazer. <laughs> so Despite the two sons. Yes. So uh, so she is not going to be able to move as effectively as he is. He'll probably be, be doing some flips and some spins around. Uh, <laughs> little little like, like Captain Kirk versus the Gorn kind of like run. Like, ooh, back and forth, back and forth. And she's just For the benefit like, of the listening audience, Jeremy is doing some wonderful flipping movements you. with his body. <laughs> He's moving a lot for Jeremy. <laughs> He's getting his exercise I'm getting for the my day. exercise. I don't have to walk up these stairs today. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so she's moving more slowly, almost, uh, almost ninja-like. Mm. Back and forth. She's using, what she, you know, she's using her range of movement to her advantage while he is... Well, I think he's going to be tiring himself out okay. by trying to, to overcompensate for his size. So Tebow is moving fast. Yes. You will allow at least one character in this podcast <laughs> to move quickly during combat. I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Tebow's spinning around. Yeah. He's trying to intimidate yeah. her. So yeah. he must be a little bit scared. He, yeah. he senses like an animal. He's got these adrenaline's yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he's flying around. She's sizing him up. Who strikes first? Does Tebow strike first? I think Tebow does. He's too rash. He, he uh, lashes out quickly. Uh, maybe just with like a paw. You know, he just kind of does a little quick little jab at the face. <laughs> so he yeah. punches her in the <laughs> he face. He tries, he tries. But it doesn't work because he, he's uh, underestimated his own his own reach. Yeah. And so, or overestimated his reach. So he's, he's like, Shuh! And it just kind of right in front of her face here, a little paw. His arm's too short to box with Beirut. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. I think Krav Maga, like, she grabs it. Yeah, yeah. And she flips him. Yeah. she slams him. I agree, completely. And, and then flute, like, holds the flute to his, like, to his throat. Like, like, like. You know, all, and, and and says uh, in you know in the, you know basic just like yeah. stop, but he doesn't he doesn't know. Yeah, he so, doesn't know yeah. what that means. He thinks he's basically thinks that she's saying like come at me, bro. So, <laughs> so he doubles down and he comes at her, bro. Okay, so I, I think he scampers up the flute. Oh yeah, and oh, I think yeah. hand over hand. I think he goes for her eyes. Oh yeah, that's that's, the, that's obviously her weakest point because they're the only parts that show emotion. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. he needs to claw them out. Excellent point. Yeah. All right, so. Uh, Tebow is clawing at Aunt Brew's eyes. Uh, d- does he successfully take an eye out, Jeremy? I don't think so. I think that you know that that kind of hard life that she's had. She she's out in the sun a lot. I think she's got some le- you know some very very weathered leathery kind of skin mm. from being out in the desert her entire life because you know she never really wanted to leave Tatooine. Uh, so. Just simply by closing her eyes, that's enough to have have it glance off of it. It's okay. ironic for a moisture farmer to be so dry. <laughs> so she closes her dry, dry, dry eyes. Dry eyes. And his claws cut a little bit but scrape away. And that gives her an opportunity to grab the skull, the loincloth-covered skull, <laughs> off of Tebow's head and ironically beat him with... The uh, part of the dead creature that he once killed. Joseph, I think you're only saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> Which is? Which is exactly that. She, oh, yes. utilizes, <laughs> <laughs> she, she utilizes his own his own clothing against him, and he's shocked because in his last battle, he utilized his opponent's clothing against him. Mm-hmm. The he, lesson he, is. Every Star Wars character who fights in this should always be nude. Yeah. I would that's, watch that movie. That's, that's episode nine. Kylo Ren. Episode nine. You're safer nude, Kylo Ren. Just let me have this. Absolutely. We all want to see all of his beautiful flowing locks. We've already seen him in Girls, so, you know, we know. Yeah. Uh, I forgot where we were. Uh, no. No, so... Uh, so she is beating Tebow about the head with the skull of Tebow's previous victim. I think we are right on the edge of a decision. Yeah. Molly, do you think Aunt Beru is going to take out this experienced murder bear? 
I do. I think that uh, as she's beating him with the skull, she pushes the loincloth of Malakili firmly over Tebow's mouth and nose. And the, I mean, the scent alone, you know, he's, he's unconscious. He's unconscious. And, and she doesn't realize it, so she's continuing to hit him with the skull. And nearby there's a droid just saying, stop, stop, he's already dead. Like, it just, I mean, okay, just okay, that's again. good, that's good. I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. I'm going to stop you there. <laughs> Because you have over-murdered both of our previous yeah. combatants. Yeah, She's a yeah. violent person. He may not be dead yet. The no, droid yeah. isn't a medical droid. No. <laughs> it's EV-99. Yeah, he deals yeah, with other yeah, droids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't know. Yeah, he's a uh, torture droid. Yeah. He's a torture droid. But in the, yeah, and he's speaking it. Stop it. He's already dead. Uh, but I don't think he's dead. Uh, I think that he knows, okay, it's time to play dead. Yes. Because she's going to kill me. Uh, I, he, is, he is getting snuffed out from the uh, fumes of Malakili's loincloth, being, trying to roll with the beating to stay alive. Now, at this point, Jeremy, I think that maybe we should show some mercy to Tebow and let him live. How do you feel about that? Well, I think that uh, at this point, uh, and you're going to harp on me for, being, for talking about slow things again, but this is when the Gamorrean guards finally show up to see... <laughs> Hey, what's going on over here? <laughs> now, did you ever wonder why the Gamorrean guards, who are on one of the hottest planets on the, uh, on, in the Star Wars universe, are wearing heavy, heavy fur? Nope. Well, that's where you, <laughs> that's where you fail, Joseph. <laughs> because I think that the, the Gamorreans are going to help out on Baru there. They're going to come in, and they're going to say, well, here's, here's somebody. This is where we can get more clothing. Oh, okay. You think that they want to they're wear They're going to wear Tebow. Tebow. <laughs> All right. He's barely mittens. All right. For a Gamorrean. <laughs> I mean, really. Gamorreans are big. Yeah. Here's what I think happens. All right. Fair All enough. Right. I, I think that's great logic. I like that. Really? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> the weirder you go, the more I like it. So the Gamorrean guards come along and they think, we can wear his fur. Yes. They don't need him to be dead, though. So I think at this point, there's a lot of people from Jabba's Palace watching this battle. Yeah. I think uh, Tebow at this point, uh, Brew is so, her, her name is White Sun, and she has yep. seen sun, multiple sons of white rage. Yep, yep. She's just slamming away. She's not even hitting him at this point. Tebow is plain dead. Mm. EV-99 convinces her, look, I will personally give you some credits. Just get out of here before you murder everyone. I am a torture droid, and even I think this has gone on too far. <laughs> right, right. Uh, everybody in Jabba's Palace we know from Malakili's description, they've seen too much. Andrew mm -hmm. P. McCool's, they've seen too much. They want to see a little bit of mercy. So I think uh, Brew gets her credits. She calms down. She goes away. She goes, oh, it's, it's, it's day, so it's time to be a substitute mom. Yep. Uh, <laughs> And then mom called in. Uh, a protocol droid comes and successfully translates for Tebow. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Tebow makes a deal where you will be allowed to live and leave this place, but we are going to shave you and mm -hmm. give all of your fur to the Gamorian guards to make little hats. That's, that is entirely possible. I was, I was, thinking, <laughs> I was thinking more of uh, that, they, that they would work out some sort of symbiotic relationship where they could wear him, but he would still, he would still live. Kind of like those, those mites that live on, or those, uh, um, those birds that live on hippos and pick out the bugs. So you want them to make a deal via the protocol droid yeah. that Tebow will do a sort of timeshare where he sometimes lives on the back of one morning guard and then sometimes lives on the back of another one. I can't think of a thing that I want more in this world, Joseph. <laughs> See, I, I disagree. I, firm, I think that what they were actually, when they, when they looked at Tebow and said, now we can get some more clothes, mm -hmm. they realized he's a master knitter. And mm. they could make him their indentured servant, where they would knit him hats that their little, no, their little ears would stick up sure. out of, because they have those little pig ears. So I yeah, I think okay, hats. okay, okay. I got yeah. we, yeah. we need to wrap up. So All right. I'm gonna say that you're both right. Oh, oh thank God. I'm gonna say that the protocol droid strikes a deal and says, look, you'll be uh, allowed to live here on Tatooine, you'll be fed, we'll teach you uh, hunting skills on Tatooine, it'll be a great life for you, little Tebow. Uh, you are going to live on the back of Gamorrean guards and you are going to knit them things. Yeah. <laughs> because this world needs more beauty, Tebow. That's true. <laughs> and he is convinced by that. So our ultimate victor in our tournament is Tebow. <laughs> Thank you.
because even though Andrew technically beat him in yeah. combat, he is now, I think, the fiercest fighting thing that Star Wars has ever seen. Probably. An Ewok riding a Gamorrean guard. And what could possibly be more brutal or more slow? I, I want, I want another Tales from Jabba's Palace book, just about, just about his further adventures. All right, we need to, we need to wrap up here with the panel. So uh, quickly, Jeremy, can you tell people where they can find you on social media? Uh, you can find me at John Maddening on Twitter and Yes That John Maddening on Facebook. Awesome. Molly? Uh, you can find me at Vu, that's at V-O-O on Twitter, and then on Facebook, uh, Kitten Bridges. <laughs> that's, my, that's my comedy thing <laughs> oh, that's awesome that's awesome uh, thank you guys you were both great guests uh, you can find me on all the social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw you can like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter is at Force Center Pod if you have suggestions for Databank Brawl tweet us to them with a, a hashtag Databank Brawl so we can find them we'll take uh, versus matchups or if there's just one particular character that you want to see probably get murdered by Tebow <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to let us know. And until next time, as Luke Skywalker once said, while no one was really listening to him, I care. <laughs> That's it for another episode of Databank Brawl! deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 